Hey, guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know, that young person who graduated college this past spring and is now getting ready to go get that big job? Well, here, guess what? Get over to Leon Tailoring and check out their career services division. They've got lots of good professional attire, reasonably priced for both your young men and young women who are getting off into that world of work. Hey, they graduated, they did all the interviews, now they got the big job coming up, so make sure they look the part. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Hi, guys. We didn't wear you down this afternoon by attrition, I see. Oh, not at all. <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, obviously, with the, through uh, with today, we've gotten uh, four of the five of our priority bills through, two, three, and uh, five through without a, without a no vote, I'm happy to say. So, Bill 1, obviously, a good conversation today, and uh, um, uh, didn't get a bipartisan result out of that, but we're still, you know, we needed 51 and we got well over that. So we're happy to have it move forward. We think that's a really good piece of legislation. And I'll make a couple of comments with regard to that um, uh, as Senate Bill 1. You know, it seemed like the conversation for those that were concerned or had some opposition to the bill focused around the idea of that retention piece. And there is a retention piece there, but if you read the bill, and certainly if you listen to Senator Rogers' presentation of the bill, uh, you know, the, the, the bulk of that bill is about trying to identify kids who are struggling in reading early on, kindergarten, first, second, third grade, getting them all the help and remediation they need uh, so that we don't have to retain, <clears throat> excuse me, so we don't have to retain anybody. And, uh, uh, and you know, even, even after that, there are some exceptions to that that uh, teachers uh, with consultation of their parents can uh, can work on. But uh, while there may be some concern about the, the challenge of being retained, I, I'm, I'm sure that's the case, uh, it's uh, got to be worse as the child gets older into fifth, sixth middle school grades. And so uh, we think that making sure that they are reading at a level they need to be at by the time they get to third grade is third grade is super important. I'll ha happy to take your questions. Uh, Rod, on the issue of uh, Medicaid, Medicaid funding, and, and the FSA and the billion-dollar mistake, Lieutenant Governor Sankrod said if this was a private sector, some people would be fired, heads would roll. Um, should that happen? You know, I'm not calling for anybody's head. This is a it's a it's a huge mistake. Nine hundred eighty four million dollars. But keep in mind, it's a forecasting uh, issue. Uh, forecasting is never absolutely accurate. They look forward and try and forecast as best they can. Generally speaking, around here, they do a fantastic job for us. This time, nine hundred eighty four million dollars is a big nut to try to deal with, uh, without a doubt. But uh, um, uh, you know, we're going to try and deal with that. We're making sure that uh, this sort of thing doesn't happen in the future. That they, they maybe alter their methods so that uh, they take all the current information into consideration so that we don't have this challenge to deal with again. The House killed off uh, 1386, which is the FSSA agency bill today. They didn't call it down on second reading, which is their deadline, after there were a slew of amendments that deal dealt with that forecasting error, as well as the family caregiver issue that FSSA is currently dealing with. Do lawmakers need to weigh in with legislation this session on that family caregiver issue? Uh, no, I don't think so. First of all, FSSA can make some decisions on that. And uh, this is a really challenging decision. But with regard to that, um, the attendant care issue, uh, you know, that's something that was put together in uh, 2020. And um, uh, when when COVID came around, it was wildly helpful because families could stay in their home and care for their loved ones who really needed it. And uh, at that point in time, obviously, uh, 
people coming into the home was really difficult and we considered very dangerous to happen. So it was a, it was a great thing to have at that point in time. And uh, we're not getting rid of it. FSSA is not suggesting to get rid of it. They're trying to just put some guidelines around it to make sure that um, it's, it functions in a way that it needs to function in, but is not as exorbitantly expensive as it has been. And so uh, that program will continue, albeit um, uh, with, uh, with a smaller infusion of money. And we have to, we have to be fiscally responsible here. Uh, we haven't lost $984, $984 million, but the forecast suggests that that is going to be a cost we have to incur over the next two to three years, and we have to make some adjustments. As a follow-up follow to that, there's been a slew of legislation the last few years, including some this year, that clearly show a pattern of lawmakers having some issues with state agency decision-making, some distrust of, of the decisions the state agencies are making. Why are we so ready to just go with whatever FSSA says on this one? Uh, not just ready to go with that. I think Senator Mishler in particular has had literally hours and hours of conversations with them over the last couple of weeks. In fact, that's probably 80% of, if I had to guess, 80% of what he's been doing. And so uh, we're not just taking their word for it. We're looking into it very, very closely, trying to understand the issue as well as we can and uh, um, uh, trying to monitor it as well. The Why not authorization uh, bill didn't make it out of your guys' chamber, even though it was your priority bill. Can we expect that language to pop up anywhere else, or is that yeah, thanks, done deal thanks for you. bringing that up. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, obviously a, a, a priority bill, something that we thought is really important. And it, it is uh, just, uh, let me say this, it's, this is a, it's a good piece of legislation, a really good conversation to have with when it comes to prior authorization, because families... Hoosiers uh, get de get their care delayed many many times because of this prior authorization. The issue comes around because uh, you know obviously we've been working in the space of healthcare costs. Uh, kind of feverishly over the last few years, and there is some concern about whether this will add to costs. We took a long look at that. We looked at other states, a few other states that have worked in this space already, even some states that haven't yet but have had some uh, uh, their fiscal analysis, like our uh, uh, fiscal analysts in LSA, uh, and we looked at those reports. And the bottom line is we couldn't quite get to the spot where we were comfortable saying that this is not going to add to the cost of health care. So we just need to take a longer look at it so we make sure that we are do all of our due diligence and, and make the right decision. So it's a, it's a great conversation to have and something that will come back again. You won't see the bill in its current form uh, back here again. There might be a piece of it, for instance, some reporting pieces that, that, might, uh, that might come back because I think there's some value in that. And uh, uh, so we want to thank Senator Johnson for bringing the bill. And uh, it's a, just a really healthy conversation to have. Do you think the bill would have maybe made it had there not been this $1 billion shortfall um, and maybe concerns associated with Medicaid costs? Yeah, I do. I think it would. That is, uh, that is part and parcel of this conversation is trying to be really careful with what we're doing fiscally, and uh, that was uh, certainly a component of the conversation. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Wait, all right. All right. Oh, one more. Okay. One okay more. Thank you. Um, for a short session, a lot of the chairs have been spending a lot of time hearing amendments and bills that they aren't actually going to move this year, or that you know they're maybe thinking about moving next year. Um, do you know why? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about a lot. I know of a couple that have that have happened, including uh, maybe in, in appropriations and some some education stuff. I, you know, there's value. It's a short session, obviously, and uh, there's some things that we can't tackle, and including things that have large fiscals in them, of course. But um, 
uh, you can take advantage of these conversations and get a get a vetting of a bill. People come in and testify the pros, but at the cons of it, things we need to be worried about. And we come back in next year, and uh, based on some of the insight we get from those conversations and that testimony, kind of begin a bill a little bit differently than we might have otherwise done. So that's uh, that's part of what's going on there. Okay. I just said what why not why, I said, not why not utilize summer study committees a little bit more for that. We've seen fewer and fewer committees have actual draft legislation anymore. Uh, yeah, you know, I I, uh, I would agree. And when you when we've looked at some of those interim study committees, they uh, we've had several uh, that have done a lot of work, but uh, not coming out with draft legislation. I don't know that I have an answer for that. I think it may be just a circumstance of, of maybe the particular issue they're looking at. Uh, but uh, there's there's nothing else we're doing behind the scenes that is trying to to prevent that. I can tell you. Senator, so, real quick, on the issue of the blue line, uh, any worry or concern that the Senate you guys may be sort of micromanaging, you know, Indianapolis. Which, which bill? On the blue line bill. Uh, <laughs> the bus rapid transit yeah, bill. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> <That one. laughs> the, the, the bottom line is the, the bottom line is that um, uh, you know, we had a long conversation about that. And um, uh, I think, as Senator Freeman has said many, many times, it's not a conversation as to whether we get rid of that mass transit, but whether or not there's a conversation about uh, uh whether it's dedicated lanes or shared lanes. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's the General Assembly put into place the statutory language that allows for that mass transit. So it's okay for us to have another conversation about, uh, about that and put a pause on it to see if there's, uh, to, to have that conversation. So that's what we've decided. It's going to go over to the House and they'll make a decision as well. Great. Thank, Thank you. Okay. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. See you next this podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.